Welcome to the Gamers Over 50 podcast. This week we're talking about e-sports, or as we like to call it, e-sports. Now, e-sports, also known as electronic sports, or there are many ways to spell it, it all spells e-sports, is a form of sport competition, and we're going to talk a little bit about if it's a sport, is it a competition, using video games. Now, esports is very organized, and normally it's going to be multiplayer video game competitions between professional players, or potentially you may have individuals or teams. Now, remember everybody who is potentially close to the 50 barrier, maybe a few years over, when people said, oh, quit playing those video games, you'll never be able to do anything or make money with them. Well, guess what? You can now. Because esports has become a huge business. We're going to talk a lot about the intricacies that go up and down and back and forth on esports as as we go through this. So, although, you know, in our culture of video games, and we're going to talk a little bit about the history, you know, those that we've had amateurs playing against each other. So maybe the best guy in the arcade, or if you, you know, everybody started playing, uh, and I'm I don't want to steal my thunder. So everybody started playing a certain game and we came up with a, a world champion of the game. Normally those people were amateurs. We now have sponsorships. We have spectators. We have, and spectators in person as well as online or on TV. Uh, we, you know, we really have people that their only dedication is to video games because those people that were in the arcades or people that sat in front of their Ataris or, you know, Nintendos back in the 80s and 90s really were just people who were playing. They had daytime jobs or they were students, things like that. doesn't mean students can't play video games. We're going to talk about that as well. But kind of want to give the, the, uh, the what are esports there. That's a very high level. And let's dive a little deeper in. So what types of games or franchises of games are played in esports today? And there are a ton. Uh, there isn't just one. But there are kind of some different categories. Remember, we talked about game categories or types before. So the most common genres associated with esports are multiplayer online battle arena. You may have heard it called MOBA. We're going to call it by some different names here in a second. We're called by its real names. First-person shooters, we've all seen those. The Quakes, the Dooms, the Castle Wolfensteins, all the way up to today. And, you know, Counter-Strike and the games like that. Card games, and I'm not talking about people playing professional rummy. I am talking about people playing, say, Hearthstone is a good game. It's, it comes from Blizzard where they do that. Um, and you may actually see, you know, and, and not seeing on esports, but, you know, Magic the Gathering would not be an esport because it's a card game in general. So, you know, really going to those card games. All right. Also, Battle Royales. So I need my Tina Turner right now uh, announcing that, say, 10 players go in, one player comes out. So you have those battle royals where everybody is fighting each other. And then you have sports games and, you know, now football, things like that, soccer, and then real-time strategy games. This is where you are building, you are creating, uh, say, a village or a city or a base, and you're building that up and you're getting enhancements so that you can attack the other players. Um, or you're trying to get to a certain goal of maybe 10,000 points. So talking about those are the sports. Now, who is out there paying for people to play sports or, in effect, sponsoring? And a lot of this comes from the game companies. 
So you have companies like League of Legends. And if you haven't heard of League of Legends, uh, that is one of the MOBAs, right? We talked about multiplayer online battle arena. And that's where you may have five players playing five players and you need to play together to attack each other. Now, another game that's also in the League of Legends world is called Dota, D-O-T-A. Um, if you haven't heard about those, I think it actually would be helpful to have an actual, what is League of Legends? Hey, I know someone who plays that, or the guys at work were talking about it. Um, or, you know, my kids wanted to ask if they could play that. What is it? So we'll probably add that to the podcast list because it's become a national, I'm sorry, an international phenomenon. I actually was able to go to a, a, a League of Legends uh, World Championship that was held here in uh, the Seattle area, and it was insane. And I never thought it would be as entertaining being a spectator watching this, but it was like, oh, oh things are happening, bad things, good things. So good stuff. Now you also have Counter-Strike, which is a first-person shooter kind of game. Um, Overwatch, which is also like a first-person shooter. It's a little different because it's not Counter-Strike being more military-based. You know, you're not... Overwatch is kind of like you have powers and you can do things. Uh, Nintendo and Super Smash Brothers, among other games from Nintendo, and Blizzard's StarCraft, among, again, other games from Blizzard, um, and many other game companies. And you may actually have also brands that are doing this. Uh, you know, I was reading about there's a three-on-three basketball tournament or it's a five-on-five basketball tournament. I can't remember which one it is, but it's sponsored by Ice Cube, the rapper. Um, and what's interesting is I was doing some research. I noticed that like Jeremy Lin and Shaquille O'Neal, you know, very famous people have esports uh, teams or they can invest in, in esports as well. Now, within that sponsor, they also have tournaments. So, like I said, League of Legends World Championship, the Dota 2 International. They have the Evo or Evolution Championship Series. The Intel Extreme Masters are also very popular in esports. And then you have many other competitions. And you may have, say, local competitions. You may have a convention competition. So maybe PAX has a competition that goes along with it. Or maybe a game sponsors it there. Now, I I started watching esports on Twitch, which we'll get into what Twitch is here in a bit. But Twitch is a way to watch streaming. I've also watched it on TV because I've been channel surfing on a Friday night or another night. And I've said, oh, take a look at that. There's the Overwatch League. I don't personally play Overwatch, but I find it incredibly entertaining to watch the people play Overwatch as well as the commentators. We'll get into that as well. But I've also, like I said, been the League of Legends champion. And then the Rocket League Championship Series. And Rocket League, again, is another game. It's actually kind of like soccer with cars is the best way for me to give you an example of it. Um, is extremely interesting to watch. But I kind of just enjoy watching it and seeing the competition and how every, you know, it just focuses and rolls along. So, I mean, you probably don't know, though. Um, but although, you know, the legitimacy of esports as a true sporting competition remains in question, uh, you know, some of these have been featured alongside traditional sports in multinational events in Asia for a very long time. And the International Olympic Committee also have discussed inclusion of esports in the Olympic events, which is kind of cool. Now, I don't know if they're going to be playing like Mario and Sonic's Olympic package in there, but we'll talk a little bit about that. And again, Wikipedia, fantastic resource for this. Now, by the late 2010s, it was estimated. Now we're at, I'm at the, we're at the beginning of the 2020s right now. It was estimated the total audience of esports would be about 
454 million people. So that's a large amount of the population, more than the population of the United States. And now the revenue which starting to increase over a billion. And I know it's over a billion now. I actually recently saw that. So the availability of online streaming and the media platforms that are out there, like I said, Twitch, YouTube, um, Mixer is another one that's out there. And if you haven't heard of those, I'm going to be doing a whole, I, I've heard of YouTube, of course, but uh, what are what is Twitch? What is Mixer? I'm going to do uh, that's a future category as well. And what's helpful about this is you can kind of be in the know, but it's actually a new way to kind of see things and, and look at content in a different way. Um, but those those areas have been really pivotal and central to how esports grows, the competition, the promotion. You know, they do interviews before, after a game mat or match, etc. Now, what's interesting is the recognition and popularity of esports started in Asia. It's crossed or across across both, you know, just basically spread out all over the world because people can play video games. People like to play it. And we're going to talk about, again, another couple of ways it's popped into it. What's very interesting, though, is in Japan, it's relatively underdeveloped. And now this is because they have anti-gambling laws, which stops having paid professional tournaments. So you have a legal precedent stopping esports now that probably doesn't stop people from watching it but it does stop the competition from happening in your backyard like i said i went to a, i went to a match and it was crazy and awesome and i kind of half knew what i was doing when i walked in when i got out i had people helping me kind of showing me telling me what to do now what's really interesting is um funny part about it, and i'm not just Disputing Wikipedia, but Wikipedia kind of talks about like, well, you know, it's popular in Europe and America, kind of one sentence. But what's interesting is uh, U.S. colleges, schools, colleges, um, post high school, um, you know, the 12th grade. So kids are in school for 12 years. Um, they are actually having what they call varsity esport teams. And what's really interesting is it if you kind of go out and you look, you're going to see some very familiar names like Miami University of Ohio. Now, it's the not the Miami in Florida, the one in Ohio. Boise State over in Idaho. University of California in Irvine. The University of Utah. Western Kentucky University. Go Hilltoppers. That's where my mother went. Uh, you have the College of St. Joseph. You have Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, which is down in, in Arizona. And then actually now my new home team for esports in U.S. schools is actually DigiPen Institute of Technology, which I live like five miles away if I take roads, but probably like two if I just you know jumped on a bird, if there were giant birds. Um, additionally, in there, you have Texas Wesleyan. You have the University of South Carolina at Sumter, Kansas Wesleyan. So you can see... Big schools are getting this. Now, I know bigger schools are starting to think about it. The Big Ten, which is kind of the central U.S. Uh, states of Michigan, Ohio, Illinois. I'm going to forget like three of them. I totally am sorry. I think Maryland's in there now, which is weird because it's over on the coast. Um, Nebraska, those. They are actually talking about how they are going to handle esports competition. So this is something where, again, we talk about inclusion. I can't play football. Maybe I didn't grow up and wasn't a big giant athlete. Um, and I'm looking at playing another game. Well, esports, you can play it. It's it's 
you know, I, I remember being in the chess club and there is no shame for anybody who was in the chess club, but I remember being in that and going to competitions and it was fun to play. I mean, I played against folks in our school at the time. It was fun to play against other people. So esports really brings that in there. Now, I want to give you a little bit of history on esports because it didn't just happen last year or in the last 10 years. Actually, in 1972, at Stanford University, the very or the earliest known, which we can't carbon date that because it's really hard to carbon date really something. But on October 19th of 1972, the, there was a game called Space War. And so the Stanford students were invited to an intergalactic space war Olympics whose grand prize was a year subscription to Rolling Stone. Now, in 1972, and I can even tell you this in 1982 and potentially 1992, that's a pretty good prize. I really liked Rolling Stone. I still really like Rolling Stone. I just don't have as much time to read as you get older. Obviously, things happen that way. You know, And maybe when I retire one day, I will start reading Rolling Stone again. But... Um, you know, Rolling Stone was the prize. So it was a magazine subscription was a prize. And Bruce Baumgart was winning the five-man free-for-all tournament. And Tovar and Robert E. Moss Mass won the team competition. So we had individual. We had team. 1972. Now, spin forward 48 years. And look at where we're at now. So, you know, this is kind of where people were thinking. And you can see... Uh, you know, universities kind of come up with these, you know, intellectual thoughts and things like that. Now, additionally, in the 80s, we had the Space Invader Championship. So if you've ever played Space Invaders, they actually have these giant video games now. They're like six by ten screens and the things are running back and forth. That's probably Space Invaders. I saw I've seen them several places, but they held a championship. It was the large largest scale. Now, I know you're going to guess this number. I'm going to give you a second. Guess the number. Say it out loud. All right, more than 10,000 participants across the United States competed and made competitive gaming a mainstream hobby. So in 1980, we were starting this. So 40 years ago. So, you know, there were so many people playing. Now, I did not know about this Space Invaders tournament. I would have given it a go. But I do know that I won several of uh, the Atari tournaments that we played in Tom Enervold's basement with seven of my friends. We get together and sit around an Atari. And I remember that's where my parents said, you're never going to make any money doing that. And, well, guess what? Still not making any money. All right. So in 1980, uh, they founded a high school record-keeping org called the Twin Galaxies. And the Twin Galaxies helped bring stuff into the Guinness Book of World Records. And it actually created the United States National Video Game Team. Now, that, I have to think that's kind of crazy. But remember, when we did the Settlers of Catan, there is a U.S. national team that plays in the World Catan Championship. So, you know, people are always trying to think, hey, how can we get people to play against each other. Now, this, you know, think about this as from 11 years, 11 year old, I, I, would have, I could have been a heck of a player on that team. And in fact, in 83, when they put it together, I would have been 14. So I might have been at the level of where some folks are. And, and the range of people playing esports is 14. There are people who are in their 50s as well. So represent. Um, I can't remember who they are, but we'll have to find that out. Now, during the 70s and 80s, you know, a lot of those players got into it and you probably have heard or you saw 
um, in popular magazines in Time, Life, the Time and Life are magazines back then. They actually, I think Time exists, Life not so much. Uh, but they, you know, they were showing people playing. And one of the most well-known classic arcade game players, this is the big cabinets, was named Billy Mitchell. And he had tons of high score games like um, Donkey Kong, Pac-Man. He was in the Guinness Book of World Records. He had like six games he was really good at. Now, what's happened, though, is he got caught for what they think were allegations of cheating and fraud. Now, what's interesting about this is there is a, uh, a movie called Pixels with uh, Adam Sandler's in it. Kevin James is in it. Oh, oh gosh. The guy is the snowman in Frozen's in it. Josh Gad. Um, Peter Dinklage is in it. Uh, Serena Williams and Martha Stewart are in it as well. Um, there's a bunch of people that are, it's actually kind of an entertaining movie. If you like the cabinet video games, didn't do well at the market, but really a kind of a fun game. I think that was one of the characters is based off of that for the movie pixels. So, you know, interesting enough. Now my favorite televised esport, and even that goes to today was a game called in the 19, uh, I think it was 1982 to 84 from when I think I found out here was a game called Starcade, And this is where people would play arcade games. Never got the highest score, got to move along. And I remember always having the Journey game on it. That was always cracking me up to the, the day I saw Journey once. But they had 133 episodes of this. And I always wish I could have got on it because I bet you I could have done some good on that. Now, in the 1990s, we started seeing things like the Nintendo World Championships and that toured across the U.S. It actually held its finals in Universal Studios out in California. And in 94, they had the Super Nintendo Entertainment System called, uh, and then called the Nintendo Power Fest in 94. And there were 132 people playing games in San Diego. So beyond that, we had Blockbuster Video. Everybody remember them. Blockbuster Video had game championships as well. So, you know, you had those early days of the 90s. And then as, you know, we got into the 2000s, the internet started to kick in. We'll talk about that in just a second. But really the one thing I wanted to get into heavily into this, and I'm checking my time, is our esports and esports athletes or esports competitors, are, are they, is it a sport? Are they people playing sports? Are they sportsmen, sport women? Are they players in, in that, and they can they be chose that? Now, I, I think this is really controversial because you can have a lot of people that go out there and are probably like, well, I don't think so. And you're going to have other people that say, well, yeah, they are because it's a sport, you know, things like that. Um, what's really interesting is you're going to have people that will say, ah, it's not really a true sport. You're not running. You're not jumping. You're not throwing something. However, you know, looking at a popularity is not just the only reason you just fed. So, you know, just because the NFL is huge doesn't mean that the Nintendo, the future of Nintendo or the Evo League isn't going to be huge or the Overwatch League. And it doesn't matter in some people's eyes for physical exertion uh, or if you have to play outside. I guess people in esports could play outside. In fact, I think they did the Fortnite championship was held in an outside this year because I remember seeing the kid and it was like, it seemed like a big open thing. And he was a kid. He was like, 15 or 14 and you won like a million dollars. That's crazy. Um, all right. Anywho, in 2014, um, ESPN, ESPN's president, John Skipper, described esports as not a sport, but it's a competition. I can kind of live with that. 
Now, I have my take on this because, A, I have some actual, you know, uh, interaction in there. I am a two-time Ironman triathlete, finished two. Um, I'm a collegiate swimmer. I swam for four years in college, and I've loved video games all along. I've played video games all along. In fact, one of the, my favorite things is just relax and do that. Help me. And I think that esports are sports. And I will tell you this, and the reason why, and I'm going to use a literary reference, and it's a pretty good literary reference, I hope, is that if you've ever uh, seen the Hunger Game movies or read the Hunger Game movies, um, there's a character in it called Beatty. And Beatty is a smart guy. He's got glasses. He's very, you know, he, he's, he's able to th- use his brain to survive the Hunger Games, which if you know the Hunger Games, it's a dystopian kids killing each other movie. Until one should finish. But, you know, BD uses his mind as his and his reflexes in his mind to help him by, in some kind, electrocuting players in the movie. It didn't happen in real life. But he is his mind, and he's considered a combatant. So I think if he's considered a combatant, if he's using his mind, people play sports or sports or they're athletes. All right. Now, how do we kind of get... Esports, how did they come around? How did, how did they get developed? Did they just pop out and say, one day we're going to be in esports? It's actually a lot of these video games were designed with an esport or a competition level built into them. And you have games such as League of Legends. We've talked about that. Dota, StarCraft, which is one of those uh, real-time strategy games. And they're built so that you can have a spectator mode. And I thought about Russell Crowe sitting there going, are you not entertained in Gladiator? Because in a spectator mode, you can kind of like get your hands up and get the crowd going if you're playing, if you're kind of winning and you have a moment. And then from the spectator mode, because, you you know, everyone can see, everybody can look, they're watching and seeing it. Um, There is a delay in spectator modes because you don't want someone to be sitting there with a second monitor watching what you do at the exact same time. A 10-second delay doesn't hurt, maybe even longer. But then you have what we call online gaming. And then in my brain, I'm thinking of war games because maybe it was the first online gaming I ever saw where you have the Whopper saying, shall we play a game? Or, um, you know, that, that that's kind of thing. But it's, a you know, the Internet really drove us to be able to connect and to play games against each other. And what's kind of interesting is it's not just PC games, it's tablet, it's, you know, it's phone games, it's console games that are built into this. And a lot of the networks build themselves into it. So you have Xbox, PlayStation Online, you have Blizzard has their, um, oh, what is it called again? The Battle.net, glad I remember that, that you have these automated matchmaking for games. So you not only are connecting to the game, but you have people and it's connecting you to people that may be of the same rating or level of you. And then also, you know, again, you have, you have players and teams that are out there and where, you know, I just, I earlier said, I said, Jeremy Lynn, basketball player, Shaquille O'Neal, basketball player. Um, I'm surprised Elon Musk doesn't have a game team. Maybe he does, but I just don't know about it. But you do have the pro gamers and they have names. Like, you know, I mean, if I say Shaq, you know, if I say Kobe, if I say Magic, if, you know, if I say Bird, you know who those guys are. LeBron. Um, I'm going to say my favorite one, AD, Anthony Davis. I'm a big fan. But you do have folks that are out there like, you know, you have FaZe as as teams. You have Evil Geniuses, which I think that's hilarious. 
Um, you have Counter Logic Gaming that's out there as well. Those are you know some of the games that are out there, and they have individuals that make up those teams. And an individual may not just play one game, but they may play multiple games, or they may be good at certain things when they play those games. But you do have individuals that play in those games. And what's interesting is on those teams and those individuals, you also have a lot of training. So people are sitting down, and there are some teams, and I think it's there's, um, oh, what is it, Team Liquid, just reading my notes while I do this. It's a professional League of Legends team that practices a minimum of 50 hours per week to play the game. And they sometimes they play even more to get used to the game because there are nuances and their strategies that they want to learn in those games. So you have you know, a lot of folks, no different, like going back, I'm not really trying to reinforce the athlete thing, but I am kind of saying where you have these people are saying they play video games professionally, there's been a lot of time. And, you know, we talked about the different types of tournaments. The prize money from these is huge. But if you're on a team, you may be winning a big prize. So let's say you win $200,000. But let's say your team is four of you know, four or five of you. And then you've got your managerial group. You have those folks that are behind you helping you take, you know, you have a caretaker, making sure your hardware is set up, making sure you guys have food, getting your Red Bull, and their stuff like that. So thinking about that from a players and team standpoint, you know, it kind of then pushes forward, you know, the, the, the actual sport on it. But it's also some of these t- uh, groups are built into the video game industry. Now, of course, I couldn't talk about sports without talking about the legal problems and ethics that deal with them. Actually, I could, but it's so much more fun to not to talk, talk to it because there are problems within and they're not. You know, horrible problems are not different problems. They're about the same that exists across the room. But there are ethics problems where someone may be just a total jerk. And I had a lot of words in my head and used jerk. But you'll see someone who is just arrogant and mean to everybody else. Um, one of the things in gaming, if you're playing an online game and you lose and you're using a keyboard as type, GG. Good game. So if you learned a new acronym today, GG. Uh, additionally, there have been, you know, folks who've cheated trying to fix matches and things like that, uh, which is kind of crazy. And there's been a lot of that trying to figure out the prize and things like that. Um, as well as PEDs, everybody familiar with what those are performance enhancing drugs. Now they're not steroids, but they are Adderall, Ritalin, uh, Vivance. Oh, this is horrible. Vivance, I think is what it's called. They're both. Um, as well as you have people that are going to be needing things uh, to come, you know, when you get get up and you're crazy and going, you're going to need that, you know, um, Valium or other, you know, things that you may need, as well as things for anxiety or pressure. You know, there's a lot of pressure in playing a video game and losing $100,000 or $200,000 by clicking a mouse wrong. And additionally, gambling. Now, everything with heartbeat can be fixed. My father said that for years. I believe it, too. Um, but gambling on eSport matches you know, is illegal in most major markets. Now, sports gambling is in the U.S. It's been approved and different states are doing it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the money side of this. But again, you may have people that put large amounts of money thinking they're going to make money on team. Now, last piece I want to get into is how can I watch? Well, great. There are some awesome ways to do it. First, let's talk about TV. Disney Channel. ESPN. Nickelodeon, uh, let's see, who am I forgetting? Oh, TBS is on there. Um, online, 
there is a service called Twitch. Now, of course, you know who owns them. Amazon. Not because it's Twitch, but Amazon owns everything. Um, Microsoft also has their own platform called Mixer that you can go online and you can watch some of these games. And they've actually you know, started from other services. But those are the two big ones. YouTube being the other one that's obviously big. But really taking a look, um, ESPN has actually started showing this. I've watched the Overwatch League. Uh, I think it's on Disney. I'm pretty, oh, shoot. I'm forgetting which one it's on. Um, no, maybe it's on TBS. But take a look at their websites. Go look esports for your networks that you can go find there. All over the TV, all over the internet. Now, last piece. Esports is going to be here for a long time. In fact, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger for the next few years because it is going to start taking over the stage of things like the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, WNBA, MLS, collegiate sports, because the money is there. Not a lot of people can play those other sports, but everybody can play video games. And is it exciting? Yes. Is it something I can do quickly and watch with friends? Yes. Is it a way I can watch with my kids? Yes. Is it a good habit to spend most of my day watching it? No. But is anything that way? No. I feel like they'll potentially come into an Olympic style. And it may be included in the Olympics, but it may also, you know, we have the Winter Olympics, we may have the Summer Olympics, and we may have the Esport Olympics. Anyway, take a look at esports. Go out, watch it. Um, if you have kids, say, hey, what's your favorite game? Do a quick search on the internet, see if they have any esports. Go watch some of it. Really fun topic to go over. Uh, really enjoyed it and look forward to talking to you about another concept next time.